Odyssey celebrates Mother's Day, brought to you by T-Mobile. You can count on T-Mobile to help you stay connected on America's largest 5G network. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Boy, what a nice Friday to fill in with you. I'm Ryan Recker. I have a website if you wanted to look up my social media stuff, ryanrecker.com. Big, uh, awesome honor whenever I get the call and they say, hey, uh, Bowerly's out. Do you want to fill in? Absolutely. The answer is yes. What a great radio station. So uh, let's have some fun. Call or text 716-803-0930. And I got to first ask, of course, all the Buffalo Bills fans, what is it like having a good football team? (laughs) I grew up in Detroit. Never experienced it my entire life. I grew up a hockey fan because the Red Wings, if you think about the 1990s, were just on fire after about 95. And ever since then, uh, you know, I went through some tough years lately, but still I think about my childhood and how lucky I am to have had witnessed the greatness of all those Hall of Famers play on your home ice so consistently and watch them on TV. And now I look at the Buffalo Bills and I think, you know, I don't think I've ever seen a good Lions team ever. They would just absolutely take good talent, Hall of Fame caliber talent, chew them up and spit them out and say, get out of here. Yeah, like we ever expected anything else but another terrible season. So as you're watching this Bills team, just go out there and do good. I mean, that's got to be exciting. And I put probably want to put a warning out there, too. I visit family. I was in Detroit for Thanksgiving, and I got to at least check the score and watch a little bit about the, the Bills-Lions matchup. You almost lost to the Lions on Thanksgiving. The Lions always lose on Thanksgiving. Always. It's built into their contracts they're going to lose in Detroit on Thanksgiving. Doesn't that concern you a little? (laughs) But no, you get the big win. I'm just joking. Thursday night football with the Bills, England, uh, New England Patriots, 24-10. I I got to tell you this, too. I don't like streaming football games on Amazon and all these other places they try to push you to 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 watch a game. I'd much rather listen to it or just watch it on my regular station. But, man, with all of the different streaming regulations and rights that are out there, how frustrating is that where you just don't know the game's getting bounced around, where it's going to go next. But good for the Bills, good for them. Uh, I want to do a reality check and maybe figure something out completely not Bills-related. But the phone line is open, 716-803-0930. One person messaged in Barry, as in Barry Sanders. Yeah, of course. Think of all the wasted talent of Barry Sanders. I was able to watch him break records, you know, put up 2,000 rushing yards, get on the front page of every sports uh, newspaper in Detroit, and still he's like, you know, I'm out of here. I'm just going to retire early because Detroit stinks. No, that's what happens when you're in that sports market, which is a great sports market now, but I'm telling you, if it wasn't for – the Red Wings growing up. I don't know where it'd be when it comes to sports. We wouldn't have anything really to cheer about. Well, I guess the Pistons did pretty well towards the end of the uh, 90s, early 2000s. 
So let's do this reality check. I saw this online, and it may be relatable to you. If you work in an office, you ever have that lady go around and try to collect some money for the boss? She'll say something like, you know, we're, we're trying to put a Christmas gift together. Uh, we're asking everyone to throw in $20 for the boss. And they got that little envelope, and, you know, they go desk to desk, or maybe you work in any other type of office setting. Isn't there always that one person that tries to collect money so they can buy a gift for the boss? And in the back of your head, you're thinking, I don't want to give money to the boss. In fact, the boss should be getting me something. They should appreciate me, not the other way around. This is the message I saw online, and I wanted to get your check on this. This is the message. Management wants all the employees to pitch in to buy a Christmas present for your boss when I don't even have enough money to pay my own bills. This is a tough time in a lot of people's lifetimes. The inflation's still tough. The cost of living is tough. If you had to buy a car, you paid way more money than you needed to. If you had to buy a home lately, you paid more money than you need to. Your rent has probably gone up. If you go to the grocery store, usually if you bought 100 or $150 worth of groceries, now you're spending 200 and that's every time you hop in there. Gas is still expensive. It's gone down, but still the cost of living is high. And it doesn't make it look like inflation is going to be going down anytime soon. You may have a job. You may be happy to have a job. But you're thinking to yourself, I have to make up for all these other shortfalls in my life when it comes to finances. Why am I buying my boss a gift? And why are they trying to pressure me to buy a gift for my boss? Do you ever pitch in for these at work? And I don't know what the right way to get out of this. I really don't know if there's a way you can tell the person to take a hike you know, go pound sand or something like that. Hey, get out of here. I'm not giving you 20 bucks because you don't want to be that guy. You don't want to be that gal, the person in the office that has the bad attitude. Oh, look at them. They didn't even give money to the boss. You know, next time there's layoffs, that's their neck. You don't want to be that person because you want to play the office politics, but you also don't want to give money because in the back of your head too, you think about your kids. I'd rather buy a $20 gift for my kid than throw in something on behalf of everyone in the office, which someone else will probably take credit for anyway. I'd rather spend 20 bucks on my dog than the boss. And you might be like this too. I hope you're like this because I don't want to be alone. I don't want to be the only one that feels this way. Honestly, I don't think I am. 716-803-0930. Do you pitch in for the office pool to buy something for the boss? even though you know it's dumb and even though you know that you don't want to, is there any workaround for that? And I will um, throw this out the other way. If you are a boss, do you expect your employees to buy you things? Maybe you're an owner of a company. Do you expect the people that work for your company to buy you a gift around Christmas? You should be the one rewarding them, honestly. I was a boss once. I used to get gifts for everyone in the office. <laughs> I was trying to be nice. You know, here I am, uh, the new program manager for a radio station. And I would try my best to treat the people that work there really, really well. Because ultimately, if you don't and they call off, you're the one to go in and fix it, whatever the problem is. And you don't want to get that 3 a.m. workup call. So uh, wake up call. You, you just want to have someone else take care of it. So you want to do everything you can. You want to be nice. It'll work. I used to get gifts for them every Christmas. I would try to keep the cost per gift down because there's about 20 of us in the radio station. And that adds up real quick. You know, five, ten bucks a person. You know, you don't want to spend a lot because in radio, even the boss doesn't make a lot of money. The manager in this case. So I would get them a gift and I did it three years in a row. 
And I got to say, I don't think anyone ever once got me a gift in return. If that, the only thing I got in return, maybe if I'm lucky, I would get a plate of cookies or something that they made. But for the most part, they made it for everyone. And I feel like I was just another name on the checklist that they made it for. But I didn't complain. I didn't expect anything else from it. I didn't want people to uh, to do that sort of thing. But you get this certain expectation and this understanding that normally the boss makes more money than you. Why are you showering them with gifts? It may be just some sort of like pressures that you would expect inside of a workplace. Um, one person texted in, just used the excuse, I don't have cash. Most of the time that does work. Yeah, you know what? Not anymore. In today's world, okay, how about this? <laughs> in today's world, let's say you're collecting money for someone and you don't have cash. You know what they say? Oh, don't worry. You can just sell me the money or you can just Venmo me the money. They'll make an excuse. Or in some cases, these people have the little credit card sliders that plug right into their cell phone because they're used to doing transactions some other way. Oh, don't worry. You can just do it right on your credit card. The person that's collecting all this money, and if they're doing it digitally, are they going to have to pay the IRS and fill out like a 1099 form at the end of the year? Is that how that works? And by the way, maybe this is not as widespread as I thought. Are you working in an office where they've asked you this question and you felt pressured even though you didn't want to give it up? Because I don't like being pressured in the office, but I also don't mind saying no to things. And maybe that's why I'm unemployed right now. Uh, I have, you know, you get in there and you're like, no, I don't think so. I'm just going to pass on that. No, thanks. That's the way to do it. Oh, another person said square. Oh, we'll square you the money. Oh, just tap your credit card right here. And this is what happens every single time. The person that organizes the gift, they pick something that you never would have picked for that person to begin with. And you don't know if all the money went to it. You're like, in the back of your mind, uh, did you take a little off the top? You skimming, Nancy, in the office? Are you skimming there? Uh, hey, I know, Bob. You must have taken something off there. And when they end up giving the gift, the boss is like, oh, this is great. I am so loved and appreciated. But ultimately, they look at the person that organized it, and that person gets all the credit, even though you're the one that put the money in. And then on top of that, sometimes the person that organizes it doesn't even throw money in themselves. You know what they say? Well, actually, uh, you know, since I went through all the work of organizing and buying the product, and, you know, I had to go to Amazon, and it took so much time to find it and I had it delivered to my house so that's my contribution no it's not if if you're organizing it you got to put it in too I really think most people want to show ways to be uh, appreciated and show their appreciation for work but I think also we get this idea that times are so tight in the job market maybe not the way right now that it was a couple of years ago like if you go back when things were really tough during the Obama administration and they were having a hard time then you were thought to have kissed the shoes of your boss just to give you the opportunity to work for them. I should thank my lucky stars that I have a job, almost as if it was the Great Depression, and if it wasn't for that boss's opportunity to allow you to work for a certain wage at that company, you'd be out with a sandwich board on the side of the road, much like uh, you know the 20% unemployment rates that we saw during the Depression, and that would have been you unless you kiss up to the boss. Um, no, it's not like that anymore. In fact, I think that most places should show a better appreciation for the people that are working for them. And if anything, um, when was the last time you received a bonus around Christmas time or a gift around Christmas time? Because I can tell you, working in radio, it never happens. It's like a rarity 
that you get some sort of Christmas bonus. And I can't think of any time my boss in radio ever got me something that wasn't provided to them from the company. So what I noticed one time was like, oh, here, we got you a computer laptop bag with the company's logo on it. Great. What am I supposed to do with that after I get laid off? Like, I'm going to be walking around with the logo of the company that let me go. So thanks. You know, ultimately, they got you something that's a logoed item that wants you to advertise for them on their behalf for the right to work for that company. So here's the phone number. Maybe you get these gifts in. Maybe you don't. 716-803-0930. I'll tell you what I would really appreciate. Here's a concept that some people are looking into, and I think CNN reported this. What if they came to you and said, hey, in lieu of Christmas bonuses or gifts or gift cards, this is what we'd like to do. Starting next year, we are going to allow you to do a four-day work week instead of five. Wouldn't that be great? If they gave me a gift like that, I would think I'm the luckiest guy in the world, and I would be more than happy to throw in a $20 bill around Christmas time in order to make up for it and say, boss, somehow you gave me an extra day off a week. I will give you whatever you want. Go ahead and go and take that gift card and get an expensive steak. I don't care. I don't have to worry about working Fridays. So a four-day work week is becoming more popular with some companies switching to that. Sometimes they decide to increase your hours by a little bit. So instead of working like eight hours a day, they give you the option to work nine hours. And then, you know, nine, 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 and then they'll just give you Friday off. And that nine with the overtime calculates to whatever. And some people prefer that because now you don't have to drive into work. You're saving money on gas. It feels like you get a three-day weekend every week, and you don't mind working that extra hour. Or e- even if it's like two hours extra, whatever. People do that. Uh, Boston College has studied 30 companies in the U.S., in other countries like Ireland and Australia, and they have tested these 32-hour work weeks. They don't even add extra hours. They just do flat-out 32 hours. And during that time, they found that companies with the four-day work weeks had, well, more output. And then it actually made up for the other work of missing that day. So you still have the same amount of work. If someone said you got to hustle for four days, but you get an extra day off, I bet you would do it. That's the motivation you need. And of those that were participating in this, Nine out of 10 loved the new schedule. Are you kidding? Uh, You had to uh, find yourself going to the survey to figure that sort of thing out. That's like the best you can do. You you had to go get scientists involved to figure out people prefer to work four days instead of five. Here's some text messages coming in at 716-803-0930. People have no gratitude anymore. So infrequent, no appreciation in the workplace. That could be somewhat... Maybe that's just the problem we run into. We have been ground down to a pulp in so many different workplaces. Is it a generational thing? Do you find that there's a video that shows a Starbucks worker sobbing on the ground because the worker found out they had to work New Year's Eve for eight hours, a a, a full eight-hour shift at Starbucks on a busy day? They they had a mental breakdown just because their name was on the schedule. Are, Are you looking at that and saying these are the type of people we're talking about that are upset they got throwing money for their boss. But then again, what kind of job do you have? If you're working a restaurant and you're working 15 bucks an hour and you know your responsibilities are pretty low, but your responsibilities at home are pretty high, you, you got to make rent that continues to go up and all these other things, and you would rather spend your money on that in yourself because you deserve to spend it on yourself than someone else, then that's not selfish. I think that's realistic, and I think that's the way you need to, to look at it.
Another person texted in, food gifts usually work best if they know what they eat. For the boss, the nice lady who gets the card also stands outside and smokes with him. Oh, so you're saying you need a spy to figure these things out. Oh, I need to be able to keep an eye on them to get the right gift. I don't even think there is a right or wrong gift. When you're a parent and your child gets you a gift, and even if the gift stinks, like, hey, look, I made this for you in school, and I spent a lot of time on it, and you're looking at it, and they're like, what am I supposed to do with this lumpy, handmade type of like mug. I can't put liquid in this because it would immediately fall apart. But Oh, that's great. So I'm going to go and put this on the countertop and look at it forever, even though I don't have a need to. I think bosses kind of look at employee gifts that way. They're like, oh, yeah. So you got me a, uh, what is this, a crystal engraved with my name on it? I'm like, yeah, I'm going to keep this on my desk forever. Thanks. You know, they put the fake smile on and then they know they put it in a shelf somewhere and it's just going to sit there forever. That's the reality of it. Um, what's that kink song, which is Father Christmas, Give Me Some Money? That is like the ultimate gift, isn't it? More text messages. The, uh, if there's another one about food gifts, one person said, I've been a manager for over 20 years with an average of 30 to 40 employees. I don't buy gifts for everyone, but I do pay for a dinner with everyone during the holidays. Time spent with them is more valuable than a $20 gift card. Can I give you another gripe? I... I don't know. I think that doing things outside of work has kind of played its course as well. Again, call me the Grinch. I might as well be bah humbug moment here. If you work a regular shift and you're done with that job, you want to go home and enjoy that time with your family, and you don't want to feel like you are forced and obligated to go do something outside of work because it would reflect poorly if you didn't show up. And that's one of those things. Group dinners with the people you work with can be okay if you're single. But if you've got a family, you'd rather spend time with your wife alone. You'd rather spend time with your families alone. Um, you don't necessarily want to spend more time with the people you work with because you already see them eight hours a day. So that's nice to have a dinner and those things. But I would rather have solitude. That's the right gift. There was a show on NBC called Parks and Recreation. And Ron Swanson is the ultimate guy when it comes to anti-government even though he's working in it he wants solitude and there was a day where leslie knew it was his birthday even though he went through great lengths to hide his birth date which i do as well i, I have that very much in common with with uh, ron swanson but uh, leslie through the whole day hinted at the idea that there's going to be a big surprise party big surprise party which is the exact opposite of what ron swanson wanted and he hated and just hated all of it and at the end of the day He's like, all right, fine, let's get this over with. I guess we're going to do this stupid surprise party. And he walks into the room, and it's an empty room with a nice recliner and a beautiful, what looked like, you know, 20-ounce steak or something like that, and all the fixings on the side. And she says, happy birthday, Ron. I know that you don't want a birthday with all these other people, so I'm going to put you in here. And there's like a Western or something like that on the TV. You get to enjoy this alone with your steak, and I'm going to leave you alone. See you later. Bye. And he was so proud. And he was about to shed a tear because he was so happy that finally he got something he wanted. Um, that's what I want, solitude. So if you want to buy a meal for the entire staff, um, how about you allow them to go eat it <laughs> alone in a room? <laughs> oh, man. Uh, well, uh, let me do uh, this. I'll look at some more text messages here. 716-803-0930 is the number. Here's, um, try saying no when the collector is a family owner. Needless to say, contributions are not anonymous. 
Ooh, see, that's how rumors get started. You're in the office, and you know that if you don't contribute, normally, if it's in the pot, they just assume everyone threw in. But if you're the one that doesn't, you know what happens? They call you out. They call you out. 716-803-0930. I'm Ryan Recker. Filling in. Odyssey celebrates Mother's Day. Brought to you by T-Mobile. You can count on T-Mobile to help you stay connected on America's largest 5G network. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. On WBEN. This is one of the most underrated Christmas songs out there, and I think it's my favorite Christmas song by the Kinks. I don't know. Do they play this one on the radio? Let's listen to this a little bit here. Let's bring it up. Kinks are a cool band, man. Outside a department store, a gang of kids came over and bugged me, and knocked my <laughs> reindeer to the floor. All right, here's the good part. Listen to this. He said, Father Christmas, give us some money. Don't mess around with those silly toys. We'll beat you up if you don't hand it over. We want your bread, so don't make us annoyed. Give Love it. Toys. Love it. Father Christmas, give me some money. We want that bread. We don't want none of your cheap toys. Love it. That is my message to all management who may be listening right now. If you're thinking about giving something to your employees, be Father Christmas. Give them some money. It's 716-803-0930. That Christmas song should play as much as Mariah Carey's All I Want for Christmas is You. I think that one's better than Mariah Carey. Can we, all the different radio stations that play Christmas music, is it required contractually that they play Mariah Carey once every 70 minutes? And if they don't do it every 70 minutes, I'm sure there's like a red light that flashes in the background that says, we got to get more Mariah Carey on. Back in the day, that's how a lot of these top 40 radio stations operated. If it was a really big hit song, they had timers. Their program directors would make sure the jocks were playing the big songs on time. And if they did it, they would get in trouble. They had timers and lights and stuff to remind them of that. There was a story on NBC Channel 2 WGRZ that mentions that New York out of Albany, the Department of Education has directed that all schools across the district stop using Native American symbols and mascots as part of their school names. So do you have a problem when you find a school or a professional athlete or you know a professional team uses some sort of Native American naming right or mascot or whatever? Do you have a problem with it? Or is this just, hey, come on now, you're trying to make something out of nothing. 716-803-0930. Do you have a problem with schools that use Native American symbols? 716-803-0930. I want to take some of your calls on this. And they tell them, hey, if you don't drop this, 
you could lose things that we give to your school. Resource officers and funding could be on the line and on the chopping block if you don't change your school's name or mascot. A lot of schools have started to change it already. Uh, Lancaster Legends, if you remember, used to be the Lancaster Redskins. And that's over in western New York, of course, but still... Some area schools in the area at some point had some sort of Native American namesake to them. There's a couple that are still out there that they use it in districts, and they're going to have to make a big decision. Are they going to have to change it? Districts have until the end of this school year to make changes to their name. I'm not offended by it. Um, I've met people who are offended by it, but I'm really not offended by it. And I, I, I don't see how, if you're doing it respectfully, it is a big offense. I guess if you wanted to look at some of the stereotypical Native American messaging that we've had over the years, you know, big red skin, smoking big cigars. Um, you saw that back in the day, holding giant axes and looking like savages as part of their marketing. That is, I can understand, you want to phase and not use that type of imaging right now. But I came from a college that has a school naming right. I came from Central Michigan University. In Central Michigan are the Chippewas, and it was used very respectfully because it was in coordination with the Indian Reservation of which the school was included. And they always had a great relationship with it. There was a time when it was a little bit controversial because I think the NCAA football game that they used to put out on the PlayStation showed like, Here's Central Michigan, and they're going to dress up as Indians and do tomahawk chops, and we're going to have that as part of the video game, as in the fans in, at Central Michigan would do such a thing. And that didn't. You know, that's part of it was because you had the naming rights, but you also had the thumbs up and approval of the tribe itself, made sure that there were the ability to appease them to make sure you weren't abusing it or reflecting them in a negative way. And what you find in a lot of these different cases is that they actually like that they're respectfully using this and they look at it as a thing of pride, not when uh, just automatically assuming everyone's offended by the Native American symbols or mascots or whatever, and the school naming rights for that matter. I don't think you see too many mascots anymore. Like in Cleveland, you saw Chief Wahoo, and that's been phased out. They were into the Guardians. But I thought, you know, with such an iconic name like the you know Cleveland Indians, that's such a radical thing to change. Like Washington Redskins, such a radical thing to change. But it's also maybe a sign of the times where people want to be less offensive as possible, and this has been forced to be looked at as an offensive matter. I also went to school. Um, I went to school, grade school, kindergarten through eighth. We were the Warriors. It was great. I don't think we ever did anything that was offensive, and I don't think we did things looked at as offensive. But keep in mind, we're talking 1980s, early 1990s, and through that era, it was a little bit different time then. I think people didn't really find as much as offensive. But now today, we almost like try to find things purposely offensive. And we try to be offended by things that we wouldn't naturally be offended by. But what we end up doing is saying, well, I guess someone else is offended. I need to be offended about it on their behalf. And that makes things difficult. Uh, how do you look at it? Are, do you find that when schools have a naming right that it's offensive or are you not offended by it at all and you think this is all stupid? Call me, 716-803-0930. You can call or text that line. Some text messages coming in. Uh, it's Ted from Perrysburg. What about everyone in the military, their helicopters? Is that the Apache helicopters? Is that what you're talking about? Nobody changed that? 
I guess I don't know if they've changed that before. Um, another text message that came in. I have a problem being told not to use it. To me personally, I find it insulting and offensive to say not to use it and take it down and conceal. It's likely why you try to hide it. It sounds like you're being embarrassed of Native American identity. I think I get the gist of that text message. So you're saying you can find a way to spin this in the opposite direction to say that by taking it down, they should be offended because it's as if you're not showing a certain amount of pride in that uh, Native American history. I, you know, and ways you do see Native American history come out in this, I think people do talk about it. But in most modern eras in the last couple of decades, I think we've all done a really good job of pos- looking at it as a positive, not a negative. Uh, you don't see a lot of, you know, much like the Kanye West stuff today and the anti-Semitic comments where he has certain feelings against those of Jewish heritage. You don't see that really play out with Native Americans, do you? Is there even a term for that, people that don't like Native Americans? Is there like a kind of like, you know, anti-Semitic when it comes to the Kanye West stuff? But what I don't see are a lot of people going out on these crusades purposely trying to offend Native Americans. You don't see that. I guess to an extent there was during the Trump presidency when she did the Pocahontas thing, like when you had Elizabeth Warren who was out there touting and taking advantage of what she said was her Native American heritage, when in reality she really had very, very little Native American heritage to the point where the most average American would have more. So she was mocked for that. I can kind of see how, you know, in some ways that's mocked, but it's more or less to mock Elizabeth Warren, not necessarily any other mocking of a group of people like Native Americans. Uh, Some other text messages coming in. There was one, let's see, uh, did, oh, okay. So they're talking about that song by the Kinks, Father Christmas, Give Me Some Money. Good. I'm glad you like that one. I do think that may be the, one of the most underrated music and songs for the Christmas spirit. Person said, people are overly sensitive these days. Okay. So let's look at that and let's examine if people are overly sensitive. And I, one of the signs that I would say, yeah, I think people are overly sensitive is because you have to feel like you need to be offended on someone else's behalf. That is being overly sensitive. Anytime you find that people are upset about something on social media, what you normally find are, I need to immediately grab onto this cause and make it my cause without them understanding what the cause is to begin with. And does that nonetheless also play into everything you see on social media? Like, for example, if you are online and next thing you know, everyone's profile photos have changed into, here, I'm going to take a profile photo, and then there's going to be an overlay for some other cause. And it shows, I support this. And you think to yourself, do you even know what you're supporting? Yeah, and it, it, good or bad, do you even know what you're supporting? It's like one of those man-on-the-street segments where the reporter will go to the person, and they may be at a rally, and they'll say, oh, I'm so for like this. I'm so against that. And they'll be out there ranting and chanting, and then they'll talk to the person and say, you know, what's your concern with this? And they'll say, uh, I don't know. And I think that happens a lot of times where people just get into the spirit of it, or maybe they have a certain idea of what is offensive— And they don't know if the thing itself is more nuanced than that or if it is actually offensive or to them. They don't have any necessary feeling about it, but they just want something to be a part of. And that happens all the time. I don't know if, if like, you necessarily have to be a Native American to be offended by this or not offended by this. As in, you have to go to a tribe and see how they feel about it. I don't think that's the case. In a lot of ways, there's so many different heritages out there 
that we use in somehow in simplistic ways in today's society that I think a lot of times they don't care. Like, for example, um, I've seen videos done where people would wear sombreros and they would go into public and they would say, is this wearing the sombrero offensive? And they'd say, yes, you're culturally appropriating the Mexican culture. And, how, you know, since you're not Mexican, you're not allowed to wear the sombrero. And the reporters would make a point to just ask, is this offensive? And they would find, of course, a lot of mostly under 25-year-olds that are super offended by it, under 30-year-olds that are super offended by it, cultural appropriation. But then they will go and they would talk to Mexicans, and they would actually go to where there's high concentrations of it. And they would say, do you find this offensive? And they would say, no, not at all, actually. Uh, I think this is a nice hat. I like your hat. We're just, uh, you know, this doesn't offend us. We don't think it should offend other people, too. And if maybe you have this sort of straw man argument, but not so much an argument, but you have this straw man understanding that this has to be offensive, when really, is it overall? In some ways, it's not, like going back to the sombrero thing. And I also think that you're allowed to celebrate other people's cultures, even if you're not part of that culture. I think most people do it in a respectful way, and they try to do things in a, in a respectful way. I don't think they necessarily go out purposely trying to mock certain cultures. There's just something about it that they like personally or identify with personally. And they just want to dress a certain way or have a certain hairstyle or, you know, whatever, fill in the blank. But people would look at that as offensive because they're not part of it. Some other text messages coming in right now. Uh, it's called an education. Uh, I don't know what you mean by that comment. If you want to call in and specify, uh, 716-803-0930. Another text message. The B-21 Raider unveiling today by the Air Force offensive towards the NFL Raiders. <laughs> What does that mean? <laughs> How dare they do that? Another text message uh, coming in. Seinfeld Urban Sombrero. I don't know what that means, but I'm going to have to Google that at some point. Let's take some phone calls here. And line one is Jack calling in. Welcome to WBEN. Go ahead, Jack. Hey, how you doing today? Good. Um. So I wanted to contribute a little bit to the conversation on, uh, you know, offensive words and uh, the oversensitivity of our culture today. Um, I believe that there's a lot of people who, um, you know, take things too offensively. Maybe, you know, uh, since you mentioned there, um, there are a lot of things that are kind of off the table. You can't say some things, obviously. Um, and uh, I want to point out there's, a lot of things on the right side, um, people like to argue that freedom of speech, uh, you, you should be able to say, you should be able to say whatever you want, whenever you want to, but that's just not the case. Um, mm -hmm. Some things are limited uh, to our freedom of speech. I mean, you can't say uh, inappropriate things. You can't say offensive things. Um, but uh, I think, like you mentioned earlier, there's um, really just uh, um you know, something in our culture that's saying, like, you, you, you can't, you have to be offended by everything in order to support this group or that group and, uh, you know, speak on behalf of uh, a certain group that way. Um, but uh, I wanted to mention there is no, uh, you know, there's no right to say whatever you want, whenever you want to. Um, there's got to be limits set on the language, of course. Okay, let's look at this from a free speech standpoint. So the school system 
hypothetically would have the ability to name themselves this way, do you think that perhaps the education department in New York may be infringing on their rights of free speech as a school for these naming things in order to have the government punish you, as in take away resources from your school, as a way to compel you in a certain way? Could that possibly be a free speech uh, issue from the Department of Education? Well, yeah, absolutely. I think, um, you know, if people want to advocate for, a, you know, collective renaming of, of, uh, of schools, for instance, like, you know, um, I, if, if enough people agree that the name needs to be changed, I don't think that should um, be the decision of one person and authority. Uh, the school boards are able to make decisions on behalf of what the people vote for and actually want to hear in their communities. Um, it's the culture we live in that, uh, you know, shows what, what kind of politics we are going to, um, to practice. Uh, but I believe that, you know, people should collectively agree uh, on what they want represented in their communities. And uh, I don't think one person making the decisions is going to, um, you know, actually be representing what the people want. Okay. Uh, thank you very much for the call. Good to hear from you. 716-803-0930 is the number. Here is the statement that was released. Um, Seneca Nation of Indians President Ricky Armstrong Sr. issued a statement in regard to the state's decision. It says it was handed down by the Education Department in a positive step whose time has long since come. Names and imagery that mock, degrade, and devalue Native uh, heritage, culture, and people have no place in our society. Historic uh, decimation of Native people should not be celebrated in any fashion or used as a community rallying cry, especially in the realm of education. While individuals in different communities may not associate their team names with the horrors of Native people have faced throughout history, the fact remains that many team names and images further longstanding anti-Native biases. Now, I can't say that Anyone that may be cheering in a positive way for a team, if they're called the Warriors, for example, or in my case, the Chippewas, where I came from in Central Michigan, to look at that as an na uh, anti-Native bias. In fact, I think it's a lot of ways looked at as a thing of pride. And I remember a lot of times, too, you can talk to individuals inside of the Native American community, and as they actually discuss these things, it's even something that is debated internally if they minded or not and two i wonder if the free speech thing could be a way for schools to fight back if they really wanted to meaning that you are going to punish our ability uh in our free speech in the united states by forcing us to change a name and as a government agency you are telling us that we can be punished based on our speech you're compelling our speech which we have a protection against because you're the government i guess they are the government too but still nonetheless I wonder if that argument can be made. Let's go to Frank, who's calling in from Ontario. Welcome to WBEN. Go hey. ahead. Hey, how are you? Good. Uh, you know what? I, I, I find the whole argument in regards to the, the, the changing of the school names um, ridiculous. Because what, what the majority of this, it's, and I'm, I'm, a, I'm a conservative, whatever you want to call it, but it's, it's the majority is liberal women who've now found offense in everything. And in doing so, they'll turn around and say, no, 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 that's offending someone. You don't ask. You never ask. You just assume. So with the school naming, did they ever approach the local uh, reservations or the Indians and ask, are you offended by it? If they turn around and say, yeah, we're offended, okay. 
that will change the name. But they don't. And we get the same issues in Canada where you have a prime minister who is putting in uh, – uh, Jordan Peterson thought about this – about specific language, and that would be deemed offensive. And that if you use uh, – uh, uh, if, you, if you don't use, in this case, someone's specific pronoun, it's a criminal mm-hmm. offense. Like, that, that, that's ridiculous because now governments shouldn't be the ones to dictate what speech is. Like with your last caller, free speech is just that. Everyone has the right to say what they really want, provided they are not uh, promoting violence or harm against anyone. You don't want to hear what they have to say. You don't have to listen. That's what it comes down to. But now it seems that if, if no, 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 you can't say it, period. You're not allowed. That's not right. right. And this is what society has moved towards. And it's, and it's Got really, it. it's, it's. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, Canada is uh, in a rough spot now. Uh, your prime minister, by the way, I just saw what one of the big controversies right now in Canada is this gun buyback where places like Alberta and places do not want to participate in this assault weapon buyback. You know, uh, there's a lot of issues of when it comes to freedoms that luckily here in the United States are protected constitutionally, but you don't have in Canada. So I feel for you on that one. Right. Uh, thank you very much for calling in. I appreciate that. Good insight. Okay. No yeah, there's, uh, keep in mind, in the United States, you're lucky to be able to have this debate. In some places, it's not even a debate. It's a government decides this for you, and you don't have any protection constitutionally because the government is the one to give you your rights, not God, which is a problem. And a lot of ways, uh, open door for abuses. So good that we're able to have these type of discussions. All right, uh, we're going to take a look at your news coming up in a minute, and thanks for all the text messages coming in. Yes, I do see your text message. One person said, hey, are you getting them now, as if maybe there was an issue. Uh, Matthew Keyes is a journalist who covers tech, media, and local news. I enjoy his website. It's called thedesk.net. He covers media there. And with all of this Kanye West, Alex Jones stuff floating around, I thought this might be an interesting angle at it, the mainstream media angle of these type of discussions. He'll join us after the break on WBEN. Odyssey celebrates Mother's Day, brought to you by T-Mobile. You can count on T-Mobile to help you stay connected on America's largest 5G network. Listen to every MLB game live. In the deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field, it's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. 